Have you ever listened to a podcast with two living icons as guests? How about one that's also a Christmas special slash spectacular? Well, today you're going to get all that and so much more. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. Usually this show helps you gain tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. But today, we're just here to have a little fun, spread a little holiday cheer, and spend some time with my favorite humans, my parents, Joanne and Mike LaGrasso. Welcome to Unleash, you two cutie pies. Well, thank you so much for having us, our precious darling girl. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren. This is always a treat to be on your annual holiday show. Oh, man. I am one of your very, very biggest fans, as you know. Yeah, you really are. Truly, I am. Thank you for being here. What does it feel like to be back? What are the emotions running through your your brain, heart, and mind at this moment? Well, I'm excited, and it's fun. Dad, how are you feeling? Well, we're very excited. You and Timmy uh, came back for our third Christmas together. Yeah. Which is very, very exciting. And we haven't seen you since our little Sicily trip. So just being together is just a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to the next couple of weeks. So much fun to be with you, to spend time with you. Precious time. Yeah. What's the best part for you? The best part is just being with uh, our beautiful daughter. I mean, you bring us joy. You are the joy of our lives. You are sunshine, light, love. And everything's better when you're around. You just totally lift us up all the time. I think you bring a lot of good, beautiful, positive energy to our home. With you and Timmy here, we just have a lot of fun, and uh, it's just great to celebrate the holiday with you. Wow. Those are two beautiful corporate answers. <laughs> so, no, I'm just so excited to have you and Timmy here. It just is, it's fun. It's fun and, and yeah. you know. What, do you, what would you say is, like, the best part of our holiday tradition? We always have a beautiful meal on Christmas Eve, and you uh, have done a beautiful job the last two years, and I think we're going to do something a little different this year. Yeah, we usually do the Italian-American tradition of the Feast of the Seven Fishes. It's not something that I found out last year. It's not something that actually originates in Italy. It's something that Italian immigrants started doing when they came to America, and that was somehow passed throughout all the Italian-American neighborhoods and families. And so the tradition is you have seven different types of fish on Christmas Eve. And I think it had something to do with like the wise men mixed together with just the fact that the Catholic Church didn't allow meat to be eaten so often. But anyway, it's been a fun tradition that we've done. I think I'm feeling less like I need to do it this year because now we really, truly, because we went to Sicily, know our Italian roots. And I don't feel like I need to like manufacture that in some way since I feel like I actually understand them now. And also, it's so many fish. (laughs) It's a a lot of fish and a lot of work. And it's too much to eat. But anyway, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. But, you know, I was going to add one thing, honey. Just my favorite part is just like spending time, like just sitting there watching a movie, playing a game together, just enjoying each other's company. And go ahead, Mike. No, and I was going to say, we always seem to pick at least one activity where we go to a theater performance, which last year we went to see Les Miserables. This year we're going to go see Ain't Too Proud to Beg with the Temptations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's always fun, too, to look forward to. You know, Dad, you are so good at always doing your research and then having a full itinerary for Timmy and I when we get home. And it's so sweet. Like, where does that piece of you come from, that piece of you that is just such a great entertainer and researcher? Well, I 
want to make sure you are having fun when you're here. It's and not so just, sweet. Uh, I know you don't want to be over planning. I think we sort of used that mantra when we went to Sicily. And I think we got just enough plans, things going and enough impromptu things that we had just a marvelous time. And I think that's how you like it. One or two nicely planned things and the rest of it, just let the uh, events flow as they come. Let it slide. Let it flow. Yeah, I don't like over planning. I really learned that about myself in the past few years. So I want to know, what are you most looking forward to this holiday season? I always enjoy, like last year at Christmas, we were with Joanne's brother, Lou, and he hosted uh, the Christmas celebration. It was a beautiful setting. Uh, the home is on a lake, and uh, just it was a beautiful white Christmas last year. And yeah. It was just so, so pretty, and their home is just, it's almost like uh, an up north, uh, northern Michigan home, which is like a cabin. And it was just the setting was, was really beautiful, and we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. So you're looking forward to Christmas Day at Uncle Lou's? Yes, I think that's going to be one really nice time. How about you, JoJo? I'm just looking forward to spending time with you and Timmy and Dad and just enjoying our time together and relaxing and just joining each other's company and just relaxing after all the hustle bustle of everything. I want to ask both of you because I remember when I was younger, Christmas just felt like such a magical time of year and it felt like it lasted a really long time. And now that I'm an adult especially an adult like working multiple jobs and pursuing multiple careers and trying to be a person. It feels like Christmas has such a short runway. And it also feels like everyone is just running like mad to get to the finish line at this time of year. Why? I want it to feel like it did when I was little. Like I know I have responsibilities, but do you think there's any way we could not make this time of year so rushed? I think you have to make a conscious effort to focus on that while you're still doing the other things in your adult life. And that that's hard. What I find is that, you know, I love gift giving, but I do find that I spend too much time, you know, I like to pick out things that people I think will enjoy. And by people, she means all people. She will literally give a gift to someone she's met one time. It's like, oh, wait, I got a hand cream for you. (laughs) So this year, you've been trying to actively give gifts to less people because it's too much. You, You stress yourself out giving gifts to every person, every acquaintance in your life, and it's way too much. So how has that been going for you? And do you feel like you're you're lessening your load at all? No, I I think I did lessen the amount of gift giving. I think I streamlined it more. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? I think she made it more of a conscious effort. We actually went through a few lists, and the idea of the it's the thought that counts. I mean, maybe some of the gifts were a little less over the top than they've been in the past, but still the thought was there, not to the same uh, extent that we've done in the past. Well, that's good. I think it's time to move on to a little holiday icebreaker. We're going to play a game. It's, we're doing this to, to get the blood flowing. We're going to play a game of overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. Are you, are you familiar with this game? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't say that I am. I, I, I can make a guess. <laughs> yeah, so basically I'm going to tell you a certain type of holiday food, and you're going to say whether you think this food is overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. And we're saying that like based on what other people's opinions of the food seem to be. Okay. Okay? Yes. Okay, so first thing, stuffing. Perfectly rated. I love stuffing. I think most people love stuffing. I think it's perfectly rated, and I think it's right up there, one of the top things uh, for the holidays. I think it's underrated. 
I think that stuffing gets a lot of glory, but it deserves even more. I think it deserves a parade. It is <laughs> the great, to me, it's the single greatest holiday food. Are you kidding me? Dried bread that becomes moist. Sorry for those that don't like that word, but moist because it's got butter and like a meat and celery. Like the, it's a heavenly creation. And I think that it should be more of a year round thing. Like I think it should be a side dish akin to like mashed potatoes. Like mashed potatoes aren't just reserved for the holidays. I think stuffing should be more appropriate to have. I want some summer stuffing. I'm sick of it just living in Thanksgiving world and Christmas world. I want stuffing to be throughout the year. I think the stuffing industry is going to be very appreciative of your endorsement. Thank I you. I changed my mind. I agree with you. I think stuffing's <laughs> underrated. I, I now, after listening to you, I, I totally agree. It's definitely underrated. Yeah. And, and why should we have stuffing just mainly at one time of year? You're right. It should be all year round. Anytime you want it, anytime you feel like it. I think like you've it. made a great case for stuffing. Thank I really you. Do. I really That's, do. The podcast is over. We're Under, done. Underrated. <laughs> okay. Chestnuts. Well, it's definitely a. <laughs> A food that's associated with Christmas. Um, I, I think it's uh, underrated. I, I think chestnuts are very. Um, we were just talking about uh, bringing that back. That was always a family tradition uh, when I was growing up. Was chestnuts around the holiday season? Wow! And uh, you never we, ever made we, me we, some. We never did it when you were growing up. So yeah, we're gonna try and do that this Christmas. I think. Or once I was grown. I didn't get them any time. <laughs> now, Mom, what do you think? No, I was going to say that chestnuts, I think they're underrated. You know, when I was growing up, my grandpa, that would be your great-grandpa. Antonio. Antonio. He used to roast chestnuts a lot. And we had that around the holidays. We always had it around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I remember going with him to one of the Italian fruit markets and... He always bought chestnuts. So I don't remember if we roasted them other times of the year, but I know that we definitely did it at the holiday time. But chestnuts are really good, and they're really actually pretty good for you too, and they're tasty. You know, I put this on here purposefully because I've never had a chestnut ever in my whole life. Have you not? I've oh never. Had, not, you didn't roast them for me in my childhood, and I've never <laughs> roasted some for myself in my adulthood. So I actually don't know, but okay, I'm building them up in my head a lot, and I do you think they're underrated even without having tasted them? Just because it's like, okay, they're part of the Christmas song, and yet so many people don't roast them, open fire or otherwise. So I feel like they're underrated because they're like literally part of the fabric of this holiday, and yet many people in this country don't roast. And we got to get to roasting, kids. <laughs> You know, if you've ever had a Japanese sweet potato, that I, has, I had one yesterday. Yeah, in fact, that is got. It reminds me, it's got some of the flavor of chestnut in chestnut it. properties. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wow. got some sweet potato flavor, but it's got a lot of the chestnut flavor in it as well. Love to see it. Okay, next, gingerbread cookies. I think gingerbread cookies are perfectly rated. Actually, they're delicious. They're good. They're actually pretty healthy for you, depending on the amount of sugar, but. I think they're perfectly rated. It's I mean, a health food. Yeah, it's a health food as far as cookies go. <laughs> I think they're totally overrated. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of gingerbread cookies. Yeah. You know what? I also think they're overrated. I think they're fine, but especially if they're super gingery, I'm like, ugh. I would take a sugar cookie any day over a gingerbread cookie. Okay. Turkey. Ah, uh, turkey is <laughs> definitely, I don't know. I think it may be underrated. Turkey is so delicious. Okay. First of all, it's got a very high 
gram amount of protein. One thing you should know about my mom, she's always searching for protein. She'll wake up in the morning and go, I need some protein. <laughs> I haven't had enough protein today. Well, oh, you know, I'm very protein deficient. I have found that my blood sugar, you know, is better. Like turkey is high in protein. Well, depending, you know, if you're cooking a whole turkey or ground turkey or just a portion of the turkey, it can be easy or more difficult to cook, but it's relatively easy to prepare. It's very tasty. It's very versatile. You can do so many things with turkey, depending if it's ground or in a whole turkey. Turkey sandwiches after Thanksgiving, and it should be, you know, whenever you make a turkey, delicious. (laughs) So anyway, it's versatile. It's got a lot of protein. It tastes good. Definitely underrated. I, I think a perfectly cooked turkey, which is nice and moist, is very underrated. And for all the reasons Joanne just said, it's very versatile. It's, you can enjoy it at the time of the meal. You can enjoy the leftovers, make sandwiches. Uh, Uncle Tony used to use the carcass of the turkey to make delicious soup. So yeah. turkey is a very, very uh, underrated uh, meal for all the holidays and for all year round. I think turkey's underrated too. I wish it was we could enjoy it in its roasted form more often. I mean, we could. It just takes a lot of time. But I prefer turkey to chicken, honestly. And that's what she said. Okay, next, fruitcake. I like fruitcake, but I've never been a super huge fan of fruitcake. So I think fruitcake is overrated, personally. Fruitcakes right there with gingerbread cookies from Michael Grasso. (laughs) (laughs) It's... uh, just never been uh, one of the things that I look forward to the holidays uh, to, to have. But uh, again, it's very popular, so I might be in the minority. But uh, for me, fruitcake is overrated. And I think it's perfectly rated because I think a lot of people don't like fruitcake. And some people do, and those people are passionate about it. But I think it's perfectly rated. I'm not necessarily a fan. I think it's okay. And I think that's kind of the general consensus. But fruitcake is just a tradition. It's something that people do this time of year. And for those that like it, they like it. For those that don't, they don't. I feel like it's perfectly rated. Three different opinions on one thing. Wow. (laughs) All right. And our final one we're going to do, candy canes. Underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated? I think they're overrated. I don't know. I mean, I love the taste of peppermint, but then you have to think about in the candy cane, there's that red dye number 40. You know, then when you think of what you're ingesting, maybe when you're a child, you think a candy cane, it tastes good, but I think they're basically overrated. What do you think of the shape? They're good for hanging on the tree. (laughs) Do you hang a lot on your tree? No, none. (laughs) I would agree with mom. I think they are overrated, but I got to put a shout out for peppermint bark, which is chocolate and peppermint. Oh. So that I think is underrated. And I think that's very delicious. Ringing endorsement for bark from Mike LaGrasso. And um, I'm going to say candy canes are also overrated. I really like the taste of peppermint, but we can have a peppermint all year round. Like the only thing that gets us going is the fact that it's in the shape of a candy cane, which is, I think it's supposed to be like the shepherds. Yeah. So it's supposed to, you know, emulate that. But um, no, I think overall they're overrated. I do like them. I eat them occasionally. I do enjoy a candy cane, but I think they're overrated. This is a question I had because I was putting together this list of Christmas foods and I was kind of having a hard time thinking of like just purely Christmas foods. Do you think Christmas needs more of its own identity in America and it needs to stop just trying to ride the coattails of Thanksgiving food? What do you think? Hard hitting question. Am I Barbara Walters Jr. or what? (laughs) I I think Thanksgiving is more of centered around a meal. 
I don't have any ideas what food would be unique to, to Christmas. So, um, mm. but I, I think, yes, I think it would be good if it had its own identity, but I, I'm not sure what food would fit the bill. For we we got to all get together, you know, everybody who celebrates Christmas in this country, and we got to make a consensus. Mom, what do you think? Well, I think that Christmas sort of like picks up different types of foods from different holidays, picks up the turkey and the stuffing from Thanksgiving, baked ham from Easter. A lot of times we have lasagna or pasta. Uh, that'd be from any Sunday in the year. <laughs> and um, fruitcake is sort of, you know, basically identified with Christmas, but not always. Cranberry sauce goes back to Thanksgiving. So, you know, I think it has a like, it's sort of like um, all, you know, s- several different holidays all in one. So maybe it does need its own identity, but I'm not sure what food that would be. Well, I actually think that that's kind of a cool thing. So what you're saying is, it seems like on the other holidays are more standard things put into place, especially on Thanksgiving. But Christmas, it's more like a family to family thing. Like each family has its own tradition. Sometimes their ethnicities influence the foods. Sometimes it's other holidays foods that they bring into it. Sometimes it's a regional thing. But Christmas kind of is more like individual by individual is the way that the food ends up being. So actually, I think that was quite a great answer, Mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. Before we go any further, can I just do one thing? Yeah. Oh, please. I have to say, I have to give a shout out to Kim Gravel and her we clothes. We love Kim Gravel. Oh, she is amazing. Let's love get her. a model moment for Love you. her. Love her clothes. I have got on tonight her Jingle Bells by Kim Gravel, sequent mesh, open front topper. Just so you know, she read that off of her phone because she wanted to get it exactly right. I wanted right. to make sure I had it exactly right. But I just have to say, I love this. It's so versatile. I can this, wear this all year round. All of her clothes. They're beautiful. They make me feel younger. They make me look better. And they are so comfortable. We love Kim. She is so talented, wonderful, one of the best human beings. You can catch her on Unleash Your Inner Creative this January. So stay tuned for that. Dad, did you want to give anyone a shout out for your outfit? I bought this at Men's Warehouse, (laughs) a very fine place to buy men's clothes. (laughs) There you have it. Okay, here we go. So segment three. This is our Christmas Q&A. So we're going to do a bunch of different questions, Christmas-themed. I want you to answer them as honestly as you can. And please spare no details. First question, what would your elf name be? Jojo. I just like feel like a Jojo elf. Yeah. You know, Jojo. What would be the present that you would be best at making? Maybe a hat. I'd be good at making hats. All kinds of hats. <laughs> Amazing. Dad? All ha- colors. All different colors of hats. How about you? What would My be your elf, elf name? Would Large be... hats, small oh, hats, oh, I'm sorry. tall hats, short hats, <laughs> wide hats, snug hats, loose hats, hats with large brims, hats with short brims. <laughs> All kinds of hats. A variety of hats. I'd be the hat. I'd be Jojo the hat lady. Jo- Jojo the hat The elf. hat elf. Jojo the hat elf. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> You can call me Mr. Fix-It. That would be your elf name? That would be my elf name. Okay. And what would be your specialty? I would be fixing all the toys that the other elves made in, improperly and uh, needed needed to be corrected before they could be put in Santa's bag. Oh, wow. That's amazing, Dad. So you're just kind of like micromanaging all the other elves. Well, if they didn't make the inspection, we would make the correction so that they'd get into Santa's sleigh with the... Uh, proper usage your quality assurance right love that right okay i would be tinky (laughs) (laughs) that's cute i don't know it was the first thing that came to my head i mean i thought lolo but then i thought why not go with something more kind of 
flashy. Uh, yeah. And Tinky felt right. And I think I'd make cute little toys that did fun things like they like a little top and then a little like doll that you press a button and it flies up into the air. It's like a fairy. I so I'd that. like to make fun, cute little toys that do fun things. And I'd make little hats for them. <laughs> <laughs> We're a great team. <laughs> Elf team. If you had to live in a holiday movie, which one would you choose? Oh, that's a hard one. I think I know. What? Love Actually. It's so sweet. Oh. Yeah. Like it tells honest movie. stories about love. Yeah. And I think we all have honest stories about love. So I don't think I'd have to change my life that much to be part of Love Actually. Like I have billions of stories that could have fit into the plot of that movie. Not billions, but at least a dozen. So I would want to be in Love Actually. I want to watch that for the holidays again because I, oh. I always thought that was a unique movie. I thought it was really, yeah. really good. And, it was sweet. Uh, and again, I'm boring because I think this is the third or fourth Christmas show in a row. Let I'd me say. guess. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I say that. I say that it's, it's my favorite Christmas movie. But again, the story of uh, everybody's life is very uh, important. And many times uh, we don't give ourselves enough of a pat on the back for what we've accomplished in our lifetime. And I think uh, everybody should be recognized as the unique person they are. And um, I think that just brings to the forefront that, uh, you know, we need to be thankful for and grateful for, for what we've had in our lives. Yep. The first movie that came to mind, because it's one of my all-time favorite movies, it's not really a Christmas movie, but it is a movie that has Christmas in it twice. And that is... When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, how did you know that? <laughs> because you two are like broken records with these two movies. I love that movie. I love the premise behind it. I love the ending. I love the whole movie. And it does have Christmas in it. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think, you know, it talks about two friends that end up, you know, becoming Lovers. lovers. And get romantically involved, and then they end up living happily ever after. And I love a happy ending. I love, love, love a happy ending. What's the real life version of a happy ending? Oh, that's that's a, that's a very uh, provocative question. Let me see. What is the real life version of a happy ending? Yeah. I don't think people talk about this enough. No. Because in movies and in, you know, TV, they make it seem like, okay, these two people got together and then they sailed off on a cloud and everything was beautiful forever. And I'm sure it was and it wasn't. What is a real life happy ending? Like how much happy is there and how much challenge is there in a real life happy ending? Well, in the case of Harry Met Sally, I actually watched it about a week ago. It was on TV. And I always watch it three or four times over, you know, the holiday season. But basically, I thought about, I wonder if they made a movie now, where would Harry and Sally be? And I I really would like to see that. But I'm I think, talking about real life, though, not I know, Harry and Sally. I know. But, <laughs> but I think in real life, there's challenges in every relationship. You could be madly in love with somebody and, you know, be perfectly matched. And you still have challenges because when you live... Life is not perfect, and everyday life brings you challenges. Yeah. So you have to deal with them. It's how you deal with them and how you deal with them together. And if you come together to find solutions instead of trying to butt heads, if you come together and find solutions. And so it depends on how you remedy that. Mm. What do you think, Dad? Well, I'm just thinking um, I, I know we always have a, a lot of fun when we're on vacation. So – you can somehow make your life a continuous vacation 
no uh, one can do that unless they're independently wealthy. I, I and know, like, I know. Have a but I think I think you have to. I think you have to have that they sit on top of. I think you have to have some, <laughs> you know, nice routine where everybody is, you know, in their happy place as far as what they do on a daily basis. And I, I do think some vacations mm. really do um, give you something to look forward to, something to enjoy as either a couple or as a family. Yeah, that's um, true. And it, memories. Yeah. And I think memories. making memories together is really, really important. You Ex- know, experiences. Because you yeah. don't remember random Thursdays. You know, like I can't think so of like true. any random yes. day in high school and just like call it out unless something remarkable happened. Yes. Right. And they say the best way is to like do things that are out of your routine so that you actually remember your life. Because if you just stay in the same routine every day and you don't do anything different, What's going to differentiate this Tuesday from the Tuesday five months ago? And it's not like you can do different things all the time, but you have to have different kinds of events that come up because otherwise it's hard to like pick out specific memories. I never thought of that, Lauren, but that is that is really profound. That is what you said is really profound because you're right. Like you remember things because you're on vacation because that is a special time. But I was when you said when you were in high school, and I mean, I can think back to certain things that I specifically remember, like shows you were in, um, you know, when you were elected class officer, when you were uh, voted homecoming queen. I was a treasurer, for those that don't know, <laughs> and my campaign slogan was, Lauren Lowe will watch your dough. And boy, did I. I have that Excel spreadsheet on lock. <laughs> So it's not just a happy ending. It's a happy journey, you know. Mm. Um, I think that, and, and again, the experiences um, are something that when you recall, you know, the great times together as a family and, you know, as a couple, uh, it's always the, the highlight events that you remember. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, and this is deviating from Christmas, but like, do you feel like you accept each other's differences or do you feel like you try to change them? Wow. That is a very good question. I know what I think, but you two go ahead and answer. <laughs> well, I think that I think certain differences we do accept. Like what? And and sometimes we tell, but sometimes we try to tolerate those different. Well, let's see. Like, I I think I'm you know obviously I'm a bit of a germaphobe, and you know like you told me when the pandemic started, you said, "Mom, you've been preparing for this your whole life." Yeah, you really had. It was like you had no transition. It was just yeah. like you were ready. But but. Dad, like we have cupboards full of masks and um, yeah, hand but, she, but I want to make it clear she was not hoarding these things. No, but you no. already had the masks and the hand sanitizer and the gloves before the pandemic started. Yeah. You were like you had Costco supplies of them. I did, because, you know, also because we were I was taking care taking of, care of grandma. grandma. So you, so, but you yeah. had them, and it was just wild. Yeah, but you know the thing is like so, and I was always brought up with you know when you come in the house, you know, wash your hands. Michael Grasso still has, uh, you know, sometimes he forgets to do it still. After how many years have we been married, Mike? 36. Yes. Don't mind reminding him, you know, before he starts making himself a sandwich or or touching, you know, whatever he's touching. But anyway, um, yeah, I know sometimes he gets really annoyed with me, like I'm, like, bugging him. So that's something you'd say you accept? Well. <laughs> I know that you don't accept that. Okay, well. I try to be more accepting of it, but it, you know, yeah, I try to, I usually remind him. So maybe I guess it does mean that I don't accept it. There's, I feel like there's a lot of things that we become more accepting of mm. each other over the years. Although 
there's some things that we still obviously <laughs> haven't accepted about each other. It <laughs> causes some um, turmoil. Thank you. That's a good word for it. <laughs> Dad, weigh in. What do you think you have learned to accept in mom? Um, I, I accept the fact that she's a unique person that uh, has some qualities that I I truly, uh, you know, feel are make me a better person. Um, I think she, you. Um, you know, makes, she's more thoughtful than I am. So I, I, I appreciate that. And like I say, the gift giving, I think she makes us look good as a couple uh, with what she does for other people and uh, the thoughtfulness that she has. Um, you know, as far as uh, I think she spends a little too much time with the, you know, preparing text and talking text. And <laughs> she does. Some, some of the you things. Know what? This woman will take literally <laughs> an entire day, send me five revisions, ask me to like weigh in on each one before she sends out a text. And then the text she ends up sending is like a Word document of five pages long. She'll sometimes send me the text and Word document. I finally said to her, I'm like, Mom, you need to get on chat GPT and ask it to shorten the text because it will do that. This is where AI can be used for good. So you can literally go into GPT and say, hey, can you write a text? I need to tell this person that I can't make it to their event, that I'm sorry, and like, here's the reason why I can't go. And it will write a very, and say, I need it to be under 200 well, words. Yes, show me how and to do And it will write will. a short text for you that you can send to that person. Now, you need to edit it so it doesn't sound like a robot wrote it. Yeah. But you can, you can do that now. So you don't have to spend all day conjuring text messages. <laughs> And writing short novels well, and dissertations. I don't spend all day doing it, but I, yeah, I granted, uh, yes, you're right. I spend a long time with that because I'm always, first of all, I guess I have a lot to say and I like to be very- <laughs> She's a Libra. Yeah. And I have, and I like to be very detailed because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want anyone to take anything the wrong way. So I'm like constantly Decorum. revising and revising and I want to make sure that it's said properly and that I say everything that I want and need to say. So- yeah, it does tend to get a little cumbersome. I agree. So with that. I, I think Joanne's uh, Chat GPT is named Lauren Lagrasso. <laughs> yeah, that's so what she I said. So she sends all the texts to Lauren ahead of time. <laughs> Not all and the texts, but, well, but a lot of them. Lot I've of gotten them. probably like five this week. Yeah. So like for I have Lauren. been Chat GPT for my mom for all these years. So it's really nice to finally be offloading a job to AI because I've been unpaid labor for many years. <laughs> Feels good. Feels so, good. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. And I listen, you guys do a lot for me, and you've been such great parents my whole life. I anytime I do have time, I'm never not going to support you even if it is revising a text message for the fifth time. You are absolutely the perfect daughter in my eyes. And I thank God for you every day. I thank God for letting me be your mom. I'm honored to be your mom. And I love you. And you're the joy of our lives. Well, I have to say, same. I mean, obviously, I'm not your mom. But in some ways, I am. <laughs> yeah. that's Unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> no. I mean, being your daughter has been the literal the best like the best there's no one on earth like the two of you really like every day i live i see more and more how lucky i have been to have you both as parents and how lucky we are to have such a great relationship and we can really talk about things i mean i think one thing i'm grateful for in this past year is that we've brought a lot to the table and like even talked about some harder things like things from my childhood and places where we missed each other and things that like we even want to improve about our relationship. And I'm grateful to have parents that I can bring everything to. I can bring my full self, the good times, the bad times, the fun, the hard. Yeah, I just feel 
profoundly lucky to be your daughter. And I've said it before, but I feel like nothing in this world can hurt me because I'm Joanne and Mike's daughter. Mm, So the world can try its best, but I always have your love as my foundation. And because of that, there's nothing that can really hurt me. Mm, that's so beautiful. We, love we, you, honey. we love feel you. This, we feel the same about having you as our daughter. Honestly, every single bit of what you said, we thank God for you. What's the, what was the topic that we <laughs> what? were? I don't even remember where we came from. Wait, well, this is a good one. What one word best describes the holidays for you? Love, magical, joy. That's our shortest answer yet. <laughs> <laughs> We've asked this question before, but I feel like I'm still not satisfied with the answers I've gotten. And don't give me something generic like walking down and seeing all the presents because, Mom, I know you're about to say that. So what was your favorite holiday memory from childhood? Can you try to think of one thing that happened that you're like, yes, this was so magical? Hmm. I really think it was like I've said this before on the podcast, but getting that I Dream a Genie doll that you made me. Because I wanted it so bad. And like, granted, because I Dream of Genie dolls didn't exist at that time, it didn't quite look right because my mom had taken a Jasmine outfit and like put it on a blonde haired Barbie and like kind of crafted the (laughs) I Dream of Genie outfit around it. But I just remember thinking like, this is so cool. And I felt so special because I knew that doll didn't exist. And I'm like, wow, Santa must really love me. But I wish I could like go back and tell my little self, like, even though I know it was like Santa and the magic of Santa, Like your mom loves you so much that she stayed up all night making this outfit and she's not even a seamstress and she stayed up all night trying to make you this Barbie. That's how much your mom loves you. That's why I think that's my favorite memory. It's like almost like a hindsight memory to remember how much my mom loves me that she put in that much effort to create something that didn't, the creativity that went into it. Actually, when I think about it, I knew how much you wanted and I dream a genie doll. So I said, I have to figure something out. And so then I started just thinking, you know, looking at things. And I went to the store. I went to Toys R Us and I bought (laughs) several things. And then I did. I stayed up most of the night. I should have, again, planned in advance. But I stayed up a good portion of the night with my needle and thread, which I'm, you know, definitely not a seamstress. And I was so excited about that because I knew how excited you were going to be in it. That just brought me so much joy. Just seeing the joy in your eyes when you opened it up Mm. was joy enough for me, you know. And what's your favorite memory from childhood? Do you have a specific one? I got this doll called a Betsy Betsy Wetsy doll. (laughs) (laughs) And I do remember that. The Betsy Wetsy doll. I was like so excited. That was one of the special memories. I always remember uh, I took a picture with my cowboy hat on, but I got a beautiful little bike. I I think it was a Schwinn with training wheels. And I was just getting ready to get out in the world where, you know, get a little independence and freedom with uh, having your own bike. And uh, I always remember that was a special gift because I have the picture and I was so happy when I when I got it. That's the one thing that I remember that and a baseball bat when I was really uh, starting to grow up and really played a lot of baseball in the in the summer. So it was a, a Louisville slugger. Ooh. Wow, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Wow. So that's what Carrie Underwood's talking about in that song. I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights. <laughs> I never knew that. I just thought that was something weird she said. No, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> they, they make the world's best wood baseball bats. Wow. Dad, wow. you really taught us something here today. It's <laughs> amazing. God bless. Okay, moving on. I want to go into a Christmas carol sing-along. I want you to complete the lyric, okay? 
Here we go. So this is Christmas sing-along. My parents are going to complete the lyric. I'm going to start it out and they're going to finish it. Okay, so we're starting with Rudolph. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it grows. Close. (laughs) (laughs) He was not Pinocchio, my dear. Close, though. Close in the mythical creatures. It was close. It grows. (laughs) Okay, let's try another one. This is a Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your... Toes, nose. (laughs) (laughs) Almost, but my mom got it right. That's right. Okay, here we go. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Beautiful. That was the Christmas sing-along. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, moving on, our next segment. Mom Explains Movies. Now, I was going to do the Santa Claus, but... Given the fact that I don't think you've seen that since 1995, and given the fact that you just expressed your incredible undying love for When Harry Met Sally, I think that you should explain the plot <laughs> of When Harry Met Sally to someone who might not know what the movie's about. So, spoiler alert, my mom's going to explain every single detail of this movie right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, go ahead, give a brief summary. Okay. Starts off, they're both at a school in Illinois, some school in Illinois. They're just graduated from college. Harry is dating Sally's, one of her dearest friends at the time. I don't remember her name. So Sally's going to be driving Harry to New York City because they're both going to New York. And Harry is kissing goodbye his girlfriend at the time, which is Sally's best friend. And they're they're kissing. They're and kissing. necking. They're necking. Mm. They're making out. They're necking. And finally, Sally, she presses down on the horn and lets it wail because she gets tired of waiting for them to stop kissing. Wow, we're only in the first three minutes. <laughs> so, so anyway, oh my God. so they drive to New York together and there's a lot of, you know, Sally's like very insulted by it. He's a little, you know, more... Um, misogynistic? Well, he's not really... Well, he has a little misogynistic. He says women and men cannot be friends. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what he he's says. very opinionated. Yes, because he said, you know, the man always wants to, you know... Have sex. Have sex with the woman or or sleep with the woman. So he's like, they can't be friends. Mm -hmm. So Sally disagrees with that. Then they have a conversation at a restaurant where he tells her she's attractive, possibly wanting to get together with her. And she tells him, you're dating my best friend. You know, so she's insulted and they just, they get to New York and, you know, they decide that they we can't be friends. And she said, well, it's too bad, you know, because I don't, we don't know anyone else in New York. She says, I actually okay. think the quote was, you were the only person I knew in New York. Oh, and I've only watched this like yes. four or five times, but I remember that. It gave me goosebumps. You remembered that line. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. My performance. That's where the BFA <laughs> in acting went. That's it was right. all for this one moment. <laughs> so anyway, they parted ways. And then in between, it's so, it's really cool because they have these older couples. I looked it up online. Apparently they were real stories, but actors reenacting real stories of people. Like 
one, you know, a man and a woman who were married for like, I don't know, 60 years or something. They lived like two blocks away from each other, but they met in another city in an elevator or something. He rode all the way up to the 70th floor just so he could talk to her. And then they end up getting married like, I don't know, a few weeks later. So they have all these stories in between, these segments of these older people telling their love stories. So anyway, movie cuts to five years later. Harry's in the airport walking through and he sees his friend Joe, who works for some type of, I don't know if it's a law firm, something like that. And Sally is making out with Joe. They're necking, they're kissing. Oh, wow. Right. And so he says, Joe, hey, I thought that was you. And he says, Harry, how are you? And then he keeps looking at Sally, who's played by Meg Ryan. And she right away recognizes Harry, who's played by Billy Crystal. She right away recognizes him, but he keeps thinking he can't place her. Okay, so then they get on the airplane. And Harry's sitting behind Harry's her. Harry's sitting right behind her. And then he hears her ordering because she, and when they stopped at a restaurant on the way to New York, she's ordering. <laughs> the way Joanne Lagrasso was. I sort of order like that, so I totally get her. He hears her ordering her this drink with a Bloody Mary, but just put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'll have this, but, and he said, we drove from New York together, you know? And then he starts talking to her and then he says to the guy sitting next to Sally, oh, we drove from New York together. And and the guy says, oh, you want to sit here? So Harry and the guy change seats and he sits next to Sally and they talk. And then they're walking off the plane together. She's like sort of annoyed with him. Oh, he told her at the time that he was getting married and she was very impressed with that because she thought that he didn't seem like that type, but she was impressed he was getting married. So then she runs into him again. I don't know. I think it's another five years later she runs into him. And this time they're at a bookstore and she's with one of her best friends, who's Carrie Fisher. can't remember her name right now, the character that she played. And Carrie Fisher says to Sally McRyan. All of a sudden, Princess Leia is there. Yeah. She says, there's a guy in self-help staring at you, you know, the self-help book section. You know what I mean? Anyway, so she said, I know him. There's a lot of really good details that I can't tell you no, in the interest of time. You're telling so many details. I know, but there's we need really to juicy, juicy things. Okay. This so, is what it's like to get so, a text message from my mom, okay, by the so, way. So anyway, so, so so they start talking and he tells Sally that he's getting divorced from Helen. He's brokenhearted. You know, they, then the next scene, it shows Harry and Sally walking together like outside of what looked like Central Park in New York. They're talking about everything. And then she tells him that her and Joe just broke up too. He realizes that, yeah, you can become friends with someone. And they have this beautiful friendship. And you, and I love this scene. The first New Year's they spend together, they are together at this party as friends. But when they're dancing, you know, they're, oh, they're playing this song. If you ask me, I could write a book. The song is How to Make Two Lovers from Friends. Wow. And when they're playing it, you could see when they're dancing, the look on his face, look on her face, like they realize that they're having these feelings, but they don't get it because they're friends. Yeah. Meanwhile, they decide they're both going to, each of them <laughs> separately decide they're going to start dating other people. So they date other people. And then they, you can see little scenes where they're each jealous, you know. Finally, each of them fix the other one up with their best friend. So mm-hmm. a Sally fixes Harry up with Carrie Fisher's character. And Harry fixes Sally up with... His best friend. Yeah, Bruno. His, it's an, an actor named Bruno something. His hair is black. Yes, he's got black hair. What ends up happening, they go out on a blind date, and it's very obvious that Carrie Fisher's character and Bruno's character, they you know they like each other. They end up taking off together in, in a cab, and then Harry and Sally are sitting there looking at each other. Fast forward five months later, Carrie Fisher's character and Bruno's character are getting married. And of course... Sally and Harry are best man and maid of honor. honor. 
So all of a sudden they flash, they always show these scenes where they're in, you know, she's home in bed and he's home in bed and they're watching a movie together on, on the, the phone, phone before video, you know. So anyway, she calls him this one night and she's crying and he said, what's wrong? And she tells him that Joe broke up with her and she's sobbing. He goes, no, no, no. You got this wrong. I do. A hundred percent. Her and Joe broke up five years ago. Oh my gosh, this is not good for my being my favorite movie. This is not good at all. This Don't is not something good. you saw last week. <laughs> I just saw it. She watches it like every day. She's like, oh God, Lauren, I was just watching you and hearing Metalli. It's such a good, oh, you wouldn't believe what a good movie it is. I just love that movie. I love a happy ending. Oh, I love a happy but, ending. But you have to understand, I'm doing a million other things while I'm watching it. Yeah, I, I, never I understand. Just so you say what you think happened. She told him that she found out Joe was getting married. Yes. And the problem was Joe never wanted to marry her. Yes. So she's heart- broken hearted because she yes. goes, it's not that he didn't want to get married. It's that he didn't want to marry me. Yes. And so she's crying and sobbing and, you know, she's saying he just didn't want to marry. I'm difficult. And she's sobbing and she's using Kleenex after Kleenex and throwing it on the floor and he's picking up Kleenex and giving it to her. Anyway, to make a long story short, he kisses her cheek, he kisses her head and then all of a sudden they start kissing and you know what happens next. Va, va, voom. Va, va, voom. Yeah. Little heavy petting. Yeah. yeah. Sands the clothes. Yes. Yes. Next scene, they're laying in bed and Sally's like, oh, that was so wonderful. It was so wonderful. And Harry's like, what the hell did I just do? You know what? I'd call that avoidant attachment is what he has. He's freaked out because he feels close and so he wants to run. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lauren, you are brilliant. That's exactly what attachment it is. Attachment theory. I didn't invent it. I'm just telling you I what mean, was going on. I mean, I didn't know about that theory, but that's exactly what it was. So then he you know, gets up early the next day and leaves and she can't believe it. And he goes, well, I have to be at work. Anyway, she has this look on her face that he goes, I want to take you to dinner tonight. So she said, okay, they go to dinner. She said, I hope I can tell him before he tells me. So she says, it was a big mistake. He goes, oh, I'm so happy you think so. So anyway, that causes a rift because she's upset. She can't believe that he, you know, acted the way he did. Anyway, they become more and more and more distant. It's getting closer to Carrie Fisher and Bruno's character's wedding day, getting married. To make a long story short, they're upset with each other at the wedding of their best friends and Bruno and Carrie Fisher's characters. They have an argument. And so that year for New Year's Eve, she goes with Carrie Fisher and Bruno to this New Year's Eve party. <laughs> and she's she's dating <laughs> Bruno's character. She's da- she's dancing with all these different guys and they're they're so boring. And she's then she said, I can't bear the thought of not kissing someone at midnight. And Bruno says to her, I'll kiss you. Anyway, she leaves. Meanwhile, flash to Billy Crystal. He's like, what am I doing? He starts thinking about all the things about Meg Ryan's character, Sally. He starts running, jogging, running. First, he's like, okay, this is okay. I'm by myself. No big deal. Then he starts realizing he starts jogging, running. Couldn't get a taxi. So he's running towards the place where the New Year's Eve party is. I'm sorry. I'm getting excited here. So I'm clapping my knuckles. But anyway, <laughs> don't we all do that when we're excited? So anyway, yeah, he runs towards where this big New Year's Eve party is. She sees him and she's like so annoyed that he has the audacity to show up there. And he said, Sally, I love you. She, she says, what are you doing here? He says, I love you. Anyway, he goes on and on. They kiss. Anyway, it's a very happy ending. And then cut to they're doing the the little, um, the end of the movie is, you know, as a married couple, Harry and Sally. And they talk about their cake and how the wedding, how beautiful it was. And that's the end of the movie. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. I love it. What's the takeaway for you from that movie? The thesis statement. Is that you can't judge a book by its cover, sort of. Like sometimes your first your first impressions are not always correct. You always have to give people a chance. 
You have to see the good in others. Dad, what did you think of that summary? Well, for as many times as she's seen the movie, and as few times as you've seen it, it seems like you were able to capture the key moments uh, and helped her out. I mean, she she really genuinely does love that movie. I know she gets, and I I enjoy the ending of the movie. It's it's a it's a really really nice ending. And the one line I thought was uh, pretty funny was uh, when Carrie Fisher and uh, and Bruno uh, got married, and the groom stood up and said, "If it wasn't for." Um, Harry and uh, Sally. If we had, he says, yeah. if we had even been remotely attracted, if either whatever her name was, if we had even been remotely attracted to Harry or Sally, we would not be here today. Something, yeah. Like. Which was sort of a put down of their friends, but uh, you know, it was it was a it's funny a line. line, and yeah. uh, they credited Harry and Sally for you know the success of their uh, marriage. So I think Mom really enjoys just the overall feeling that the of the happy ending. I think that's really what what sells it for. I love her. a happy ending. Yep. I love a happy ending. Yeah. Why do you think you love a happy ending so much? Because I don't like an unhappy ending. <laughs> I want it. I want everyone to be happy. Yeah. I want everyone to be happy. I want life to be happy. I want everyone to be happy. Wow. Happy endings. We've been talking about them a lot today. You know, I think it's incredible that you couldn't take a summary that, you know, most people would consider a summary like three to five sentences tops and pull that into 15 minutes. And I love the fact, I really do. I love the fact that your brain thinks summary and thinks I have to tell every detail of the plot and also exact <laughs> quotes from the movie. And this is the only way to summarize. Really? Because it's important and you you will miss a lot if you don't do that. Yeah. We do a beautiful job. Now no one needs to watch it because they know. <laughs> <laughs> you should still watch it because you'll, you'll... You'll get a lot out of there's it. There's a lot of beauty. It's, it's just a beautiful love story. And it's very funny. Very it's funny. very well written by Nora Ephron. Yeah. There, I, I all think, the acting is amazing. I think the takeaways of the married couples that have had a long successful relationship there's there's a lot of good messages there yeah and i think that that's really one of the beauties of the movie what's your main way that you think you two have stayed married all these years what's your tips for the youth you have to love each other you have to have that commonality to love each other and you have to have that commitment to each other and you have to have the ability to want to work things out and to compromise basically accept that person the way they are and love them the way they are, and then compromise on other things. And I think it just all goes back to love and compromise and choosing to, you know, be with that person and working things out. Nice. Dad? I think we were asked that question when we were up in Port Huron at that uh, comedian uh, show. And uh, my word was commitment, which to me is the most important thing. I learned a hard lesson recently about communication being very important. I think, uh, you know, being as open and transparent as you possibly can be in a relationship is, a, is an important thing. And sometimes uh, you, you think you can time things, uh, but sometimes that's not the best way to go. Just say it as it happens. Have a good discussion on it. You know, get to a good place as far as uh, how you both feel about different things and uh, get it out in the open. Gorgeous. All right, so we're going to end this out with our wish, one to two sentence wish. These are called our holiday wishes. So this is going to be a segment where we say our wishes for people. So what is your wish for people who are alone this holiday season? That they can have contentment. I think of uh, our Aunt Grace who, uh, you know, has family, but, uh, you know, she's in a facility that, uh, you know, sometimes a, a little depressing, but she's always upbeat because she's always got positive thoughts about 
the love of uh, her family and uh, the great experiences she's had in her life. What I would say to someone who's alone, especially people who are, you know, either they feel like they don't have anyone they can spend the holidays with or they're not able to make it back because of financial reasons or other reasons they can't get back home for the holidays. I would just say to you, just try to remember all the love that you currently have or had had in your life and to do something really special for yourself, like go out and buy a special Christmas pie or make yourself your favorite meal or Go to a restaurant where there's going to be other people who are also away from their families and you can kind of have that camaraderie there. But whatever you need to do to give yourself an energetic hug and to remind yourself of your own goodness and lovability, I wish you would do that. And I also wish you would know that I am sending you all my heart. And as long as you're part of this community, you are never alone. And that me, my mom and my dad, we all love you. And I consider you part of my family if you are alone this holiday season or if you're with your family. But I'm really grateful for you that you support me all year round. And so you're not alone, even if it feels that way. There's people who don't even know you who care about you. That's so beautiful. That really is beautiful, Lauren. And so I want to ditto what Lauren (laughs) said. And I want to ditto what Mike said. And I want to add to that. I know a lot of people have lost people this year. And lost people over the years. And a lot of times you think of those people over the holidays. We lost my brother-in-law, Sam, Mike's brother this year. It was so sad. We lost my beautiful Aunt Santa. She was 100 years old, and that was also a, a huge loss. I believe their spirit lives on. And you can feel the love of those people as well as the people here still on earth. And I think if you List the things that you are grateful for, the things that you have in your life, and remember those things and build on that. And reiterating what Lauren said is that we send you love and peace and joy and all God's blessings. I mean, I guess what is your wish or what advice would you give to people on how to make the most of their time with their family this holiday season? If people are lucky enough to be with their family, what would be your wish for them? I think just expressing your your love and appreciation and gratitude for them being part of your life. Um, I think, you know, we need to say that, um, especially as time goes along and we realize time is short. You don't want to have regrets that you didn't tell people how much they meant to you. My wish would be that they really make the most of their time, that they create memories. So doing something that's out of the ordinary, even if it's just like you go on a walk and you wear ugly Christmas sweaters while you go on the walk or you make a special meal, something that will help you remember this holiday and differentiate it so that you have those core memories and that you really step away from technology. If you have the ability and privilege to be off work, take the time to really rest and be together and savor these moments, you know, we won't have each other forever and breathe through it. Even if you have anxiety, like I think all of us sitting here do, you know, try to be present and be with your people. Our relationships are the most precious thing we have. Valuing the people that you have in your life. And I'm repeating a little bit of what Lauren and Mike said, but telling them that you love them, telling them that you appreciate them, telling them that you are thankful for them. I think that is so important. 
uh, more important than gifts is just expressing how you feel about people. And I'll tell you, you know, I just said we, this year we lost my Aunt Santa and Mike's brother, Sam, my brother-in-law, and we were so thankful to have been able to spend time with both of them. And we cherish those moments. And you always, uh, I think, have to just be appreciative of everyone in your life. And if you are thankful for somebody, don't be afraid to tell them that, whether it's somebody at the store or if it's somebody really close to you, like somebody in your family, a friend, a relative, whatever, just make sure you tell that person thank you and how you feel and about good them. good night. <laughs> thank you. Final thing, what's our holiday wish for each other this season? Spending more time together, that we are having as much fun as we can, that we are making memories. Happy endings. And happy, happy endings. What's your wish for the holiday season, Dad? Enjoy each other's company. Like I said, we have one event, the you know, the Fisher Theater, you know, to see that show. Um, see, Ain't too proud to beg Temptations you know, story. And, and we got the New Year's Eve, uh, not New Year's, but the Christmas Eve thing sort of planned out a little bit, and we got Christmas Day planned out. And the rest of the time, we're going to sort of put together something that all of us will enjoy. I, I, I think it's a work in process. Of what we're going to do for for the holidays, but I think we're going to figure it out and do a lot of fun things. I love it. And my wish is that we have fun, we have peace, we have harmony, and I would like an anxiety-free, not overthinking it season, just to enjoy our time and not be thinking about 9 million things in the future, just be really present. I wish us presence. Present, that's good. And I I did have a question of our wish for the world. I wish the world peace. There's so much turmoil on the world. I wish peace and understanding and trying to see from each other's points of views instead of bearing down and doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on what we already believe, to try to truly see from each other's points of views, walk in each other's shoes and bring more peace, more understanding, and more love and compassion. That's a beautiful sentiment. And peace, love, kindness, and understanding in the world, in our country, mm-hmm. in our own circles. Couldn't agree more. Perfect message. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being here. I think this is our fourth year in a row. Wow. Wow. Thank you for having us it's again. It's becoming the tradition I frankly can't live without. <laughs> this might be the longest recording we've ever done oh, and it's the shortest turnaround time. So I can't wait to see how Rachel and I turn this out. By the way, thank you to Rachel Fulton for helping edit and associate produce this episode. You can follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thank you to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. You two, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I'd like to plug my beautiful daughter, who's not only an award-winning podcast host and an amazing, I think, an amazing, amazing interviewer, and I'd also like to say that she's got beautiful music on all of your streaming services that she's written, and she has a beautiful voice. She um, also does many speaking engagements, and she sometimes, and she does act and certain occasionally. occasionally you'll catch me yeah. on the silver screen yeah. so follow her on uh, all your social media at lauren lagrasso and uh, play her music you'll love it it's beautiful it's got a message and it's always heartfelt all and right. the same with the podcast listen to the podcast every subscribe, week subscribe rate review yes remember if you like what you heard today please rate review and follow the show on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast you guys how easy is it to review and rate the show. So simple. It takes two seconds. Well, maybe, well, maybe I, a minute. I, 
if I can just uh, endorse the podcast, it's one of the things I look forward to every week. I go for walks as often as I can. And uh, every Wednesday, that podcast comes through, and uh, it's one of the most enjoyable uh, walks that I take during the week. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for being such a loyal Unleash listener. So thank you for listening. If you like this show, share it with a friend, post about it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and also tag my parents at Joanne LaGrasso and at LuGrosa51 so we can all share. If you post it, we'll reshare it. Let's say this together, y'all. We love, love you. We love you. And we and believe, and in you. believe in you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I'll talk with you next week. Actually, next week, I might be re-airing an episode, but I'll do a little intro, so I guess I'll still talk with you. Lots of love.